Hello again, and welcome to the podcast from Mount Hope's Belmont location in Belmont, Massachusetts. My name is Brian. I pastor that location, and it's good to talk to you again. Have you ever repurposed something? It's a trendy thing to do. Take one thing that was designed for a specific purpose and use it for something else? Sometimes that's a good thing to do. But sometimes, to take something that was built for one specific purpose and use it in another way is downright dangerous. There's a moment in the life of Jesus where some people misuse something that was built for a specific reason for something else. And Jesus has a very strong reaction to this. We're going to talk about why, and we're going to talk about what it means for our lives. So I hope you enjoy this, and I hope you listen closely, because I believe that God has something he would like to say to you. But there is something that I do want us to talk about this morning for just a couple of minutes. We're going to be in John chapter 2. If you've been with us over the last few weeks, you know we've been walking through the gospel of John, the book of John. John is one of the four books in the Bible that talks about the life of Jesus. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that all talk about Jesus' ministry and time here on this earth. And so we're going to be in John chapter 2, uh, John chapter 2, and we're going to be in verse 12. So you could take a, a minute and get there, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. Before we get there, before we get there, just want you to think about something with me. Many of us, uh, every day, we walk through life and we use many different types of products. We use many different things. And you know, one thing that's true about all the things that we use, whether it's the phone that you use or the chair that you're sitting in now or whatever it is that you use throughout your day, is every product that is invented or created is done so with a specific purpose in mind. The inventor or the creator sees a problem or sees a way to improve things, or sees a way to make money. And so they make a product that has a specific idea or a specific end in mind. And sometimes, sometimes it's okay to be creative with things and to use things in a way for which they were not originally intended. Sometimes that's a good thing. For example, did you know that when this product was created, this one right here, that this product was originally created to stabilize ships at sea. The inventor put this together and had built something that he believed would keep ships from moving at sea. And he had it on his desk, so the story goes. He had this thing sitting on his desk, and he accidentally knocked it off his desk. And he watched as it went off of his desk and down to the floor and continued to walk. And he said to himself, I think I have something way more important than a ship stabilizer here. And the slinky was born. And I don't know about you, but no matter how far we progress in this world, a slinky still making it down an entire flight of stair gives me more joy uh, than many things in this world. That's still a lot of fun. In the late 1800s, there was a company called Frisbee's Pies, and it was in Connecticut, actually. And the company began to grow over the years, and in the 50s, Frisbee's Pies made 80,000 pies a day. I mean, I read that on the internet. That's got to be true. It made 80,000 pies a day. The students at Yale, they would buy the pies, and they would eat the pies, and then they would have the Frisbee Pie 10 left over. And of course, what do you think they started doing with it? They would go out on the green of Yale University and they would start throwing the pie tin between each other and the Frisbee was born. And sometimes everything's created with a purpose and sometimes it's okay to be creative and to use something in a way for which it was not originally 
designed, but sometimes taking things that were designed for a specific purpose and using them in another way is something that can get us into a lot of trouble, isn't it? Every medication you're prescribed has some giant warning label on it that says something like, use only as directed, use only as prescribed, because the reality is if you take something that you've been given in that scenario and you use it in a way for which it was not intended, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. You can do a lot of damage. YouTube only exists because people are willing to take things that are not intended and use them in a way for which they're not intended. And sometimes that gives people, gets people into a lot of trouble. Seems like every few months there's some new challenge online that people are daring each other to do something, something like the Tide Pod Challenge, where you take something that was created for one purpose and you use it for another purpose. And if you don't know what that is, young people were eating those laundry detergent pods uh, and, and having the, the soap spew out of their mouth. And they were challenging each other online to do this. And as you might guess, it caused a lot of problems. And people were hospitalized and sick. Because sometimes when you take something and use it in a way that it was not intended for, it does more harm than it does good. And here's what I want us to think about this morning for just a couple of minutes. There is something that I've been given, and there's something that you've been given. And it's been given to you with a very specific purpose. It's been given to you for a very specific reason. And all of us, some of us are doing this right now. All of us have misused it at one point or another in our lives. All of us have taken this thing that was given to us for a very specific purpose, and we have misused it and tried to use it for something else. And when we make that mistake in our lives, when we take what was given to us for a specific purpose and we use it for a different purpose, we make the biggest mistake we could ever make in our lives. I believe that that's true. We make the biggest mistake we could ever make in our lives when we do this. We're going to talk about what it is in just a minute. And to get there, we're going to read a story from the Gospel of John where there were some people that Jesus encountered who were taking something that was made for a specific purpose and misusing it for another purpose. We're going to see what Jesus does in that moment and then talk about what it means to us. Here's what happened. After this, after this, and what is the this there? Well, this is Jesus turning the water into wine, which we talked about last week. So after this, after that miracle, Jesus went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. So the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple. And will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. So what's happening here? I mean, this is a Jesus that we're not used to seeing. 
If you think about what he does in this story, Jesus comes to Jerusalem for the Passover. Now, I don't know if it's, if it's easy for us to, to picture this or not, but when it was Passover time every year, thousands of people would come into the city of Jerusalem. I mean, it was bigger than thousands of people pouring into the city for the Boston Marathon. It was, it was larger. It affected the city more than, than people coming together for almost any gathering. I mean, kind of like maybe Times Square on New Year's Eve. The city would be overwhelmed with people who were coming to celebrate the Passover feast. And so Jesus also goes to Jerusalem, as would all the Jewish people of the region. And when he gets there, he finds in the temple people selling animals for sacrifices, and also people changing money. They were really doing two things. The first thing they were doing is they were only accepting offerings to the temple within a specific currency. And so they had set up money-changing tables, kind of like we have now. If you're going to Europe, you got to change your dollars into euros. And so you go and you pay a fee and the money gets changed. But here's the, here's the problem that was happening in the temple, is the fees that were being charged were exorbitant. Huge amounts of money to change the, this money. And the people were at the temple. They needed to make an offering as a part of the Passover feast. And so it was, they were stuck. It's like when you go to Fenway and they know they got you, so they charge 12 bucks for a sausage, pepper, and onion, right? And you can't go anywhere else to get any food, so you just got to pay the prices. The people were stuck. They had to pay the price if they wanted to change their money. That's the first thing that was happening. The second thing that was happening is that they were selling animals to be sacrificed, and the, the scholars that I read, the biblical scholars that I read, you, you talked about the reality that it wasn't just that they were selling animals for sacrifice. Because as a part of the Passover feast, Jewish people would have to bring certain animals to sacrifice at the temple. So everyone knew the rules. They knew they had to bring these sacrifices. But there was a group of temple leaders who were deciding which sacrifices were acceptable and which sacrifices were not acceptable. So... You can tell what they did. If you were coming from a faraway place, if you were coming from miles away, and you brought a sheep with you that you were going to offer at the temple, you would get to the temple, and the temple people would say to you, that sheep that you brought from your house, that sheep is an unacceptable sacrifice, but good news. We just happen to be selling sheep right here, and you could buy one for the sacrifice. That's what was happening in the temple. And we see a side of Jesus that we don't normally see in this moment, don't we? We're used to Jesus loving the children. We're used to Jesus healing the sick. We're used to Jesus being friendly to everybody and humble. But this is a picture we don't often see. This is Jesus taking a whip and running through the temple and driving people out of the temple. And while he's doing that, he's taking the table filled with money and everything else, and he's flipping it over. You thought I was going to do it, didn't you? <laughs> he's flipping the tables over. And you can picture it, right? Money going everywhere. Papers going everywhere. And the people get upset, as you might think. But the real question is, why is Jesus so upset in this moment? Why is Jesus so, so bothered by all of this? Because to the people, think about this, to the people that were running the temple and the people that were coming to the temple, this all seemed normal. This was not the first Passover this had happened. 
This was not just they came this time to Jerusalem and this is how it was running. These are things that had developed over time. Temple leaders had said, we'll start selling the sacrifices. And you know what? We're only going to accept offerings in one currency. So we're going to charge people money to change their currency into the currency that we accept. This is something that was developing over time. They didn't walk in just this year for the Passover and it was like this. This was happening over time. And Jesus comes in and he's so angry that he drives people out of the temple with a whip and turns over all their tables. And the question is, why? Why does this make Jesus this angry? Out of all the things he faces, why is he so angry here? You see, what the temple leaders had done is they had taken something that was to be about God and they had made it about themselves. Quite simply, the temple leaders had taken something that was to be about God. The temple was built to honor and glorify God. The Passover feast was a time to remember God's goodness and how he brought his people out of slavery in Egypt. They had taken something that was supposed to be entirely about God and they made it about themselves. And Jesus couldn't take it. After this story, there's a couple of verses that I think are so interesting. This is what they say. Now, when Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, so not just at the temple, but after that, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people And needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. Those are verses that I think are easy to skip over, easy to pass by. On to the next story. The next story has John 3.16 in it. We know that one. So we'll just go right through. These verses are important. Jesus in Jerusalem for the Passover feast, many believed and trusted in him. They saw what he did at the temple. They saw the signs that he was doing. They believed in him. But for his part, Jesus did not put his trust back in people. Why? We like it when people believe in us. So we believe in Jesus. Why wouldn't Jesus believe in us? Because Jesus knows this about you and me. That left to ourselves, we have a tendency, not just a tendency, we will always make things about us. Jesus, it says in these verses, was consumed with passion for God. He's the only person that lived on this earth that was consumed with passion for God wholeheartedly and all the time. All the rest of us, we are consumed by passion for ourselves if we're not careful. The people in the temple had taken something that was supposed to be all about God. The temple itself and the Passover feast, and they made it about themselves. And you and I have a way, don't we, of taking the things that are supposed to be about God and making them about us. I mean, sometimes it's very subtle and it's hard to really tell. It's really hard to see. But many of us walk into a relationship with God the same way we walk into a store with a shopping cart or the same way we walk into a virtual store with our virtual shopping cart. We walk into a relationship with God and we start looking around. 
And we're used to consuming things. And so we start consuming the things of God that we think will benefit us. We walk through with our shopping cart and we look up at the shelves as what's available to us. And we say to ourselves, joy. I like joy. I would like more joy in my life. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I will take as much joy as I'm able to purchase here today. And we take the joy and we fill our cart. And then we keep walking and we see things like grace and love available on the shelf. And we take those off and we even look at the price point. And the price point is great because those things are free, it says. And so we take all the grace and all the love we can get. And then there's blessings and there's promises that we will flourish if we trust God. There's promises that that we will have strength and courage and nothing will harm us and nothing will, will befall us and God will be with us. And we take all of that and we stuff it all in the cart. But then as we're walking through the aisles, there's also things on the shelf that we just try to leave there. Like, if you really follow this and stand up for it, it might cost you your life. We will leave that one on the shelf. If you're going to follow Jesus the way he calls you, he's going to ask you to live below your means, whatever that is, to live below your means so that you can be radically generous to God and other people. It's a nice idea. If more people did it, the world would be a better place. But we just leave that one on the shelf. If you want to follow God, then you have to be selfless and humble. And it's got to be about something other than you. And all of those things we live on our shelf. And many of us, we walk into a relationship with God, and it can look like on the outside that it's really all about God and who he is. But the reality is the only reason we're here is because we think this benefits us. And while it looks like it's all about God, at the end of the day, it's really all about us. It even plays out in how we choose our churches, doesn't it? plays out in how we choose the people we're going to spend our time with on Sunday morning. We have a music style we like. We have a preaching style we like. Are the chairs comfortable? Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it loud? Is it quiet? What's the kids' program like? Our tendency to make everything about ourselves plays itself out in all sorts of ways. And that's why Jesus doesn't put his trust back in us, because he knows our hearts. He knows at the end of the day, it's really all about us, that left unchecked, we will make this thing all about me and all about myself. And so here's my question for you this morning. Are you consumed by God, or are you consumed by yourself? You've been given a gift. You've been given your life. It has been created with an intended purpose. The intended purpose of your life that the creator had when he made you and formed you and knit you together is that your life would be used to bring him honor and glory, that your life would be about him first. You were designed with an intended purpose. And so think about it with me this morning. Are you using your life for its intended purpose? 
The thing that Jesus could not stand, the thing that caused him to become angry, the thing that caused him to flip over the tables and drive people out of the temple was when he saw people taking things that were supposed to be about God and making them about yourself. And the dangerous thing for you and for me is that we have a life that is supposed to be about God. And if we are not careful, we will make it all about ourselves. So here's my question for you this morning. Where in your life do you need Jesus to come in and flip over some tables? Think about your work. Think about your family. Think about the way that you live each day. Think about how you walk through this life. Where in your life do you need Jesus to come in and flip over some tables and make things right? Where have you taken this whole thing that should be about God and made it about yourself? All of us have those places in our lives. All of us have those places where we need to be challenged to take what we've made about ourselves and focus again on God. It could be the way you spend your time. It could be the way you spend your resources. It could be the way that you lead your family. It could be the way that you go to work each and every day. Each and every part of my life and your life should be structured and designed to bring God honor and glory. So where is it that rather than being focused on God and consumed by him, you're consumed by yourself? I'm going to invite our worship team to come forward as we prepare to close this morning. Hey, thanks again for listening to the podcast from Mount Hope's Belmont location. At Mount Hope, we gather in Belmont every Sunday at 10 a.m. and in Burlington at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Each week that we gather, we do so to learn more about God, grow in our love of Him and others, and then we go to live lives driven by faith. If you live in the Burlington or Belmont, Massachusetts areas, we'd love for you to join us on a Sunday. You can learn more about us by visiting our website at mounthope.org, M-O-U-N-T-H-O-P-E.org, or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mthopebelmont. Thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to having you listen again next week.